I'm Zaray, and with me is our main host, Tobit, and of course, his trusty co-host, Trenik. I also have with us today our special guest host, Tremurth. And here is this week's show breakdown. We have a really exciting episode for you all this week. Not only do we have a number of updates from Bioware on the Knights of the Fallen Empire, but we have up-and-coming patch information for this Tuesday. We are also going to spend time talking about progression within the Knights of Soken, since we actually have four Jedi Masters among us tonight that went every step of the way. We're going to talk about how the system works and what you can expect as you continue your journey within our guild. We have all this and some other information to give all of you an action-packed, fun episode, so stay tuned as we present to you Episode 9, The Hung Jury. That was an excellent introduction, Zaray. Thank you so much. I am Tobit, your host, and as she said, I have my trusty co-host with me, Trinic. Trinic, give the people a shout. What up, guys? How's it going? It is definitely going good. And as Zaray said, we also have with us Master Trimrick. Uh, hi. Thank you for having me again. It's awesome. It is wonderful to have you on the show again, and it is wonderful to be here doing this show. We have a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. There is so much that has come out with just from Bioware about Knights of the Fallen Empire. And I might be jumping the gun a little bit here, Trinic, but I told you so. I knew it was coming. <laughs> I absolutely knew it was coming. So you know what? I'm going to take that with a little bit of grace. But at the same time, you know, you're not fully right. Yeah, uh, you know what? I, you know... You're going to see the light someday. But the episode's called The Hung Jury for a reason. There's still a debate to be had about Knights of the Fallen Empire. And we're going to talk all about it right here on the Knights of Sokin podcast. But before we get into that, there are a lot of guild news and announcements that we need to talk about. And I want to start with promotions tonight because we have a really exciting announcement about promotions. Um, Zaray, could you tell me two people that just were promoted to master this week? Well, actually, Destel and I um, both finally made the rank of master. Yes, congratulations. Cue the applause. That is amazing and awesome. Thank congratulations you, thank you. to both of you for that. You have entered into a rank once again that few people make it to. Um, you know, you guys have proven yourselves as not only very, very important members of the order but also as very um, just skilled members of the order to actually hold that title of Jedi Master. Um, it is definitely a very important RP title. It's a very important title in the Jedi Order, and you guys definitely deserve 
to be Jedi Masters. Yeah, you know, I'm honored and Sokin has given me so much. I'm I'm really excited to give back the most of that, that I can now. Definitely, definitely. We're going to be talking a little bit about your particular progression through the guild since um, oh gosh. you know, you are a fresh master. It's fresh in your mind. And we're going to talk about the steps that you took and how you went from a force sensitive to Jedi master. So I hope you're ready to do that later on tonight. Sounds good. Well, once again, we have a lot of really exciting events um, happening in the coming weeks. But in particular, I wanted to talk about something, Trinic, that you may have noticed at our last guild ceremony. Was something just unusual or out of place at the last guild ceremony? <laughs> I wouldn't say out of place. Uh, it was a surprise. <laughs> it was a surprise. It to definitely see. was. But uh, the uh, Soken Advanced Recon, a few of its members have come to join us in our ceremony, which I thought was really cool. It definitely was. They gave a great plug for what they're doing, what they're about. I, I loved the phrase that um, Zinla did as the, the commanding general. Um, we're about killing Sith. <laughs> I just I, I was just I was just waiting for Short the rest of the, the Brad Pitt um, speech from that movie. Um, I can't remember the movie's name, but you know, it was just the idea that we're about killing Nazis, you know, it was just it was really, really um it was just really a fun moment to see Sar come together and man were they on spot. Oh, I mean just the DNC, I mean, drill and ceremony, they they were just on the ball. What did you think about the HK unit? <laughs> the <laughs> HK unit is uh, actually someone that I've been RPing with for a while now. Mm -hmm. um, even that character, it's uh, Jedi Knight Gaul within the guild, but it's, uh, you know, he role plays a character as oh, HKMD. I I want, I want, I do want to point that out that way, as you said, it's an actual player. We're not talking about the companion HK. There is a guy in Soak and Advance Recon, short SAR, that actually is RPing an HK unit. And it was just really sweet to actually see that RP in action. Um, you know, granted, you know, we're a Jedi guild, you know, SAR is a support guild. Um, that's within our community that we've created. You know, the main purpose of it, you know, for everyone out there that wants to know, well, why do we have a Trooper Alt Guild? Is because Sokin was getting too big for population problems. You know, in Bioware, they only allow you to have 500 members in a guild, and we were rapidly approaching that population cap. So what we've done is we've created SAR to, in a sense, be a placeholder for some of our Trooper alts our smuggler alts and also to provide some more role play for the community of having this now advanced recon team to to bring into rp um it's just going to create a more holistic rp experience i mean wouldn't you agree with that z definitely and i've actually i think it's a really good idea because i have you know some alts that i actually i don't have mm -hmm. in soken because i know we're approaching that limit so mm -hmm. It'll be good for RP, it'll be good to expand, and I'm looking forward to see uh, where it goes. Well, it definitely was an, an excellent um, an excellent step for us, I think. And, you know, once again, it creates a better atmosphere for RP. It also provides us something to do with our alts that necessarily aren't Jedi alts. Um, so we can still have fun with them in roleplay, and even roleplaying with Jedi um, doing trooper things. 
Um, now, one of the other things that, you know, I find very interesting that, you know, something else that's developed recently this week is a Soken community chat channel that we're using to communicate between the guilds. So we still have that. Um, you know, obviously that channel is private and we got to keep that between guild members only. But the point is, you know, we haven't lost the communication with those alts. So no matter which guild you're playing in, you're still a part of the greater, larger community. And isn't that pretty cool? Oh yeah, it's excellent. <laughs> I mean, what do you think about Tremor? If I mean, for real, what do you <laughs> think about it? All right. So at first, I was skeptical. Um, mm -hmm. I, I was agreeing with a, a few points because you know, oh, what if someone leaves and they're still in the channel? Um, but it's it's you know it's bonded these two guilds together because you know we really are one community, and just mm -hmm. it's just awesome being able to contact. Um, people in SAR and, you know, keeping up uh, up to date with everyone. Uh, it, you know, I, if I need an RP and I need some troopers, all I have to do is just go into this community chat. I don't have to switch over. And it's, you know, it, it's an awesome thing. And I feel that we're only going to get uh, tighter as a community and we're kind of, you know, mesh well, together. The point, too, that we got to talk about is you know, when we talk about community and, you know, we mentioned, you know, on paper, it looks like two guilds. In code, it looks like two guilds. But in reality... SAR is just another specialization of the Knights of Soken. You know, if you want to RP that experience, you can. You know, it, it's not a separate guild. You know, it, it is a support arm of the Knights of Soken. It's a place for us to store alts and still be a part of this wonderful community. Because, um, you know, in the past, what we've had problems with alt guilds is, you know, why put an alt in a guild that's not going to have anybody on it unless they're alts? You know, you're not going to be able to communicate right. with the main guild. And there's a big problem there because, you know, it's just, it, it doesn't make for a good atmosphere for that community. Well, SAR is taking a whole new form, a whole new shape. It's really exciting. If you haven't That's, got your trooper alts in it yet, you need to. I think, Trinic, you were going to say something? Yeah, no, like, SAR is actually fantastic. And props to Zenlid for helping make it happen. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's got its own rank hierarchy for people who want to join Soken as a trooper, as, mm -hmm. as a soldier within a paramilitary kind of setup uh, dedicated to working with Soken. Um, so it's a fantastic thing. They have their own like uh, mentor, mentee uh, kind of setup, kind of like we have Master yep. and Padawan. Um, you know, and they, they soar through the ranks in uh, you know, the actual like uh, military ranks, just like you know, you would soar through the ranks in the Jedi Order. So um, anyone who is a part of SAR has every every bit of responsibility or every bit of fun as we could have in Soken. So you know, if you're a trooper out there and you want an RP as a trooper, by all means, look up Soken, mm -hmm. Soken, and all that stuff. Um, you'll find people that are both in in Knights of Soken and in Soken. Um, uh, the the other guild, I f the advanced recon. <laughs> so oh, the other so guild. New I, I'm so I'm still trying to get used to it a little well, bit. What but, what yeah. I was gonna say though too is Soken.engine.com. We're all on the same site or www.knightsofsoken.com. We have RP for everyone. We are the largest role playing community in this game. Um, if you want a very interactive, inductive role play experiment or experience you need to check us out i mean we have a place for everyone 
and uh soaking advanced recon is just super exciting the stuff going on i do want to go back to the chat thing for now for just a second to explain to everyone that does listen to the podcast that the guild chat is in this new community chat now so if you want the information when you're in game just whisper a knight or a master or even a council member if account you know if you you can get one of the council members at that time that's on um notify them that you're trying to get in and they can get you all the information on how you can join the password and all that good stuff once again it's a private channel though we have to keep it private but it's one of those things where that is the new guild chat for our community and um once again we're linking multiple community you know groups together through that that are all part of this great thing we call the night soaking and i'm super excited to see how the community is even growing beyond just one guild and that is just it's just a really exciting thing and it's great to be a part of and it's and it's also one of those things too as and it kind of trails into the next thing we're going to be talking about you know um it is a specialization so like those Mm. of you that like you know role playing as a trooper mainly as a trooper it's it's a good place for you because you will find like-minded people that are already interested in the same i know that of a bunch of people that have already joined in the guild they absolutely love what they've been doing so far uh zenlin mm-hmm. has been doing a fantastic job and he's been rping like crazy so yeah. you know oh, yeah. like uh well, i think it's it, fantastic what i'll also say too um just just to kind of put this this topic you know the bed so we can move on to the next one is I'm hoping by next week or the week after, by episode 10 or 11, that we're actually going to have Zenlid on the podcast talking about Sar. We're going to actually have an interview with the creator himself of this new arm of Soken. And it's going to be a super exciting time. You definitely do not want to miss that talk. Um, Zenlid has been with Soken you know since you know launch of this game and even before launch he was on the forum guild and he just has so much knowledge to bring to the table i'm really super excited that he's agreed to actually come on and do an interview with us um but beyond that there's a lot of other exciting things happening in the knights of soken right now just this last ceremony we had a ton of padawan pairings a lot of new people made the rank of padawan this um this last week and that's just super exciting i i really just want to tell everyone even those who are already a padawan enjoy this time with your master learn as much as you can because what you get now you will carry on to the next generation of soaking as you train your padawans so it's a really exciting thing to see all the people that are coming through the ranks and just like you know you and you and dusty i mean to see you guys become masters um is just such a rewarding moment for not just you guys but for everyone in the guild that have watched you since you were force sensitive so once again congratulations thanks it was quite a journey (laughs) it definitely was and you know as we said you know as always the calendar is super busy we have a ton of events on the calendar make sure to check believe, it out i believe find Zenlid, out what's going on i believe zenlid actually counted earlier today he says something like 168 events there's 168 events this month alone yeah um and so there's definitely something for you to do whenever you're on like there's always something going on in the community make sure to check out the calendar but there's one event in particular that i have to plug and it's July 25th at 6 p.m. It's open to the entire 
the entire community of SOTOR. So if you're on the Evan Hawk, you can come to this event. It's July 25th at 6 p.m. Um, Trimmer, do you know what I'm talking about? I do believe you're talking about the uh, Padres. I am talking about the Padres. It is coming up. It's going to be really exciting. From what I understand, the location is going to be the Dune Sea on Tatooine. <laughs> so don't fall in the Star Sarlacc Pit. And it is completely legal to push someone into Sarlacc Pit if you can as you fly by it. So don't get caught there. But it's 250k a ra racer to enter. The winner takes half the pot. So what that means is the more racers we get in this, the more the winner gets. Um, there is actually a potential to walk away with a large chunk of change if you win this race. So if you want to be a part of this, you need to get a hold of Zeltaf. I think um, we will put up information on the podcast description on how you can actually get a hold of this guy in game so that you can get hooked up with getting a part of this pod race. You want to be a part of it. Um, for all those that are in the soaking community, all the proceeds that we make off the other half goes to the guild bank to help raise funds for the big move we're making to Yavin next week, um, which is going to cost our guild 42 million just for the stronghold. So we were ready for that, but we need to replenish some of those funds so we can continue to do all the fun and exciting things that we already do. So make sure you check out the pod race. And I believe I made an offer last week, right, Trenick? Which one? The, the offer to sponsor a racer. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, you so did. you're gonna you're gonna decide that if uh, someone can sweet talk you enough that you'll pay if, for their bill. If someone sweet talk me enough, I will pay for their bill. They have to convince me that they're the fastest racer in in all the galaxy. And I want an <laughs> in character letter written to me in game mail that says why they I should pick them to be my racer to race under my banner. And so you can message me, Lenato, L-I-N-A-A-N-T-O. I actually forgot the spelling of my own name. That's really sad. <laughs> but the point is, I will sponsor you to actually race in the pod race. All you have to do is message me. I will pay your entry fee, and I'll ask nothing in return just for the fact that I can say that I won vicariously through you. I think that's a pretty sweet deal, don't you think? I mean, I guess if you like to live your fantasies vicariously through others instead of doing things yourself, then sure. I, I play Star Wars. <laughs> I don't know. Wars. I'm tempted. <laughs> I play Star <laughs> Wars. Yes. Of course. Of course. But there's also a ton of other events that you can get involved with. I think I heard Z say that she's tempted to sign up, you know, to be my racer. You that's, know, that's um, a big chunk so of Ray's change. not known for her... Uh driving abilities but you're you're not starting off on a good foot right now hey you hey, know, that's not hey that's the thing though is that like so long as she comes in first i don't think it matters how she gets there <laughs> hey i'll be the wild card there you go well i think that's enough news and announcements for tonight let's get into the meat of tonight's episode and at, for starters i want to talk about something that is happening this coming tuesday that is exciting for the entire sotor community can anybody tell me what that is <laughs> i my. did my research this time oh my uh-oh and i can w what is it Z? this tuesday we're gonna have not only avin 4 but the togruta yes 3.3 drops and holy crap am i excited that Bioware got Togruta done. 
Now, does anybody know why Tegruda, why there was a holdup on Tegruda? They they actually announced why there was a holdup. Does anybody were, know that? They were complaining about head slot pieces. Yeah, they're, they're having an issue with the head slot pieces. Um, and they actually, they just decided to make all head slots invisible. So you're not going to be able to wear headgear I mean, if you were Tegruda. That's the thing, though, is that, like... They probably went through a lot of trial and error. Oh, this head slot doesn't work. And they were trying to go item mm-hmm. by item, probably. And that was what was killing them and all the time mm-hmm. that it was taking. Yeah. Until they finally just said, you know what? I'm just going to click a zero in here and we're just going to be done. <laughs> like, and let me rephrase. You can still wear the headpiece. It's just not going to show up on your character. Yeah, but still. Like, you're still going to get the benefit of the armorings, the mod, and the enhancement. But it will not show up on your character. Now, I do want to read what Eric Mosco actually wrote on the de- developer tracker about this. Tegruda will be in game update 3.3 on Tuesday. We're pretty excited for all of you to get your hands on the new playable species. I'm very excited about this. Um, one thing that sets Tegruda apart from the other species is that due to their mantras, any item worn in your head slot will automatically be hidden. By introducing a new playable species which hides its head slot, this gives us the potential to introduce other species down the line mm-hmm. who have head things going on. Nautilin, Nautilin, um, Nautilin, Nautilin, Nautilin. Yeah, you know, oh. whenever, whenever I read that, I was just, I, was, I immediately thought of you and, and you wanting all these other species. You know, in a sense, do you think this has opened the door for Bioware to actually bring in other species to the game? Let me just say, Nautilin, Keldor, Ithorian. <laughs> That's what I want to see. Okay, I, agree. I don't, I don't care anymore. If I don't, I could care less about head slots. You know, Nautilin, Keldor, Ithorian. That's what I want. Now, yeah. but here's my ultimate question, though. Do you think that this is going to open? Like, I know that you're saying that you want these, but does this open the door for them to bring less human-oriented species into the game? It's absolutely possible. I mean, the closest. I mean, I think that's probably their issue before that they didn't bring in any new species was because of Cathar, and Cathar was the closest mm-hmm. thing. And like, it was literally just a human that was reskinned with fur. So, in, yeah. in all reality, it was really, like, in, I'm sorry, Bioware, but it was really lazy programming. And, and in all reality, it, it could have gone a lot better if they just figured out how to type in that zero a long time ago. So, that's just me. I, I, you know, it's one of those things where I think, you know, as you said, they were going item to item, and they finally just said, enough is enough, no head slot. You know, they yeah. don't, their headgear will be hidden and that fixes our problem. And, oh, wait, look what else we can do now. My yeah. hope is this isn't just Bioware blowing smoke because we know they're good at blowing smoke. I hope that they're actually being serious now about getting us new playable species because one of the things that makes SOTOR so appealing, in my opinion, especially with the new outfit designer, is the customization of your character. The fact that you don't look like anyone else in the game. And with the limited amount of species they have, it it, it, it kind of breaks that uniqueness, in my opinion. That there's some people that do look the same. Um, the more species they add, the more diversity we have in the game, the more it really feels like the, the Star Wars universe. Right. That That's my opinion. See, and now I also want to know if they're going to go into miniature races, you know? Like, you know, like WoW had gnomes. I want to see mm-hmm. either Yoda's race or one like it, you know? 
you know here's the thing about miniature races though it's it, you know I, I don't see bioware putting the work in to do something like that i mean i don't know about you termrith i mean i don't know what you would think about that since you know you're our guest host <laughs> what do you think about that i you know i have to agree with you um i am history has proven that i am one of the biggest bioware fanboys but i know one thing and i'm pretty sure about this bioware is lazy it's, they're very mm. lazy when it comes to stuff like that to they have the skins yes because you know it's obvious yeah. they have the skins because they have cathar and all that but um do you think do you really think they're gonna uh put go to that extent and put that in when they refuse to add in like As... uh, new pve content I don't think it's gonna happen. Here's where I'm at. As long as they don't add Ugnot. I agree with you on that. Oh my gosh. The Ugnots in this game. Ugnot Trooper. I feel they're ugly as hell, but an Ugnot Trooper. The sounds they make. The sounds they make. They just they it gives me nightmares at night. I can't stand Ugnots. But you know, the once again, getting us back to the point. They're gonna. They're talking about releasing new species and hopefully a lot sooner oh, yeah. than the the gap between Cathar and Tegruda. Um, Tegruda should have came out a long time ago. Um, it's ridiculous. I, I I really think for Bioware to actually make their good on their promises about new playable species is we need to see a new playable species in early 2016. You know th that in my opinion, early 2016 is when they need to announce the new playable species. Um, if they don't do it at that point, I I'm just going to say that we we're going to have another year to two year wait, um, until we see another playable oh, species. It if they're staying on their same track record. Yeah. If they stay on their same track record. Now here's something else I do want to talk about Tergruda though. Cause not only was Tergruda announced, another thing that was announced is they actually announced what the price was going to be on the market on the developer tracker it says that Jagruda is only going to cost 600 cartel coins this yep. is a lot cheaper than what cathar was when cathar first released cathar my was first what, question 15 dollars well $18. i can't remember how much it, it, it equated to dollars but i remember that it was at least a thousand coins i think it was like 1200 yeah. coins um but the point that i want to get at here is is this a fair price for them to make people pay for a new playable species. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because right now, if you wanted to change your race, if you're a subscriber, it's only going to cost you like 250. So for a brand new race that they're trying to get out there, you know, I can imagine they want to make a little bit of profit off it. And at the same time, you know, they don't want to gouge their members, which is kind of nice. All right. So what do you think, Z? Um, I'll agree with that. Um, I was around when the Cathar did come out, and I do remember it was. 1200 or 1500 cartel coins when that one came out and i i didn't buy that race right away for that reason um so i think it's a fair price i think a lot of people are going to be interested and there's definitely people that will be happy to pay that to be able to play a tigruta what about you term <laughs> um you know i i have to agree it is a fair price um because you know there are a lot of people who are very uh, adamant on not spending that many cartel coins um, on the Tegruda when they can make more money off of, you know, spending on cartel packs. So I think this is an added incentive, pardon me, um, but I probably won't buy it. Uh, I may think about it because it's so cheap, but I agree, it's it's a reasonable price. Okay, so I think Bioware is selling themselves short 
is it a fair price yes and that was the question is it a fair price but at the same time i'm not happy about how cheap it is and this is the reason why is i thought togruta would be a gold mine for bioware and of course it's going to be still you know they're going to make money off of this 600 cartel coins a pop people are going to buy it but they could have made togruta worth 1200 cartel coins and it would have sold for 1200 cartel coins they could have made it for 2000 cartel coins and it would have sold for 2000 cartel coins people still buy treak at 2000 cartel coins so i think bioware sold themselves short on it i really do i think that they could have made a lot more money off of this and applied the money that they made off of it to a new playable species now the one problem i have with it being so cheap though is i believe that there's going to be a lot of triggers running around you know, I, yeah, I think I can see that. I think we're gonna have a lot of triggers running around, and there's not gonna be a sense of uniqueness with it when it first releases, at least. But that's the um, same way Cathar was when they first released. Even though the price tag was so high, there was still a crap ton of Cathar running around. Now, yeah. the other thing that Bioware's facing though with this is that the Cathar is discounted now. You know, it's it's down to 600 cartel coins, and they said in the live stream it would be near the same price. Okay. So we'll see what what comes of this i once again i think it's a very fair price i think they're undercutting themselves i think they could definitely sell it for more i'm not going to complain though that i only have to spend 600 cartel coins i've been saving up cartel coins ever since the announcement you know i have about i'm sitting on about 2,000 cartel coins right now because i was ready to pay out whatever i needed to pay out to get the degruder race um, so I got some cartel coins to spend on some stuff, so I'm pretty excited about that. You know, the, but the, the, point... the ship always needs more decos, so. <laughs> the ship always needs more decos. You know, I think, you know, that's always going to be on our mind is, you know, what decos can we buy today? But, but uh, and once again, that uh, I'm sorry to go off on, like, a little bit, but, like, let's put this into perspective. I really hope in the new expansion that they add more usable hooks in all of the mm -hmm. other strongholds and flagship yeah it would be nice if they do that and then change up some of the hooks that are just not usable Pretty i mean there's annoying. some hook systems that are really annoying but you know back to the point Togruta's coming out it's really super exciting yavin 4 is coming out um which means we are moving the yavin 4 um the story has been being wrote right now to to explain the rp behind why we're moving but it's happening, so everybody get ready for that move. We're not going to be RPing that Javan 4, and I can't give any insight into what's going on because it would be spoilers to the actual story, but be prepared next Tuesday when you go to Guild Stronghold to be on the lushful planet such and such <laughs> that is called Yavin 4 by the game only. So yeah. I'm really excited about that. I mean, I think, Trimrup, are you excited about moving to Yavin 4? I am, stronghold. I am ecstatic. I saw that. I, I remember sitting in the uh, in the channel with you and Mullen. Yeah, we, we had the group of, of people watching the live stream. Oh that was gosh. excellent. I was, you know, I was so psyched when I saw that he could jump up onto the roof. My, oh. You know, I was uh, sold. And uh, actually, recently, I've, I, I even sent it to uh, Trenic and Mullen. I've been sending pictures of old guild ceremonies in the temple, and I'm just, I keep saying, I will remember you, and I'm getting the feels <laughs> because I'm going to miss the I temple. Will but uh, remember you. yeah. <laughs> will you remember me? Okay, that's enough of that. All right, so but yeah, I'm super excited about that. So really good patch coming out. I, my hats off to Bioware on this one. This is a good content update. It really is. Uh, 
with a new stronghold, a new species. That's the stuff that people are wanting out of this game right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and I wish they would do more patches like this. Um, it doesn't even have to be, um, you know, every, you know, three months. Every six months is adequate for a content patch like this. Right. Um, oh, definitely. And I think that's a great segue for us to start talking about Knights of the Fallen Empire. The new big content expansion a year after the last content expansion, Shadows of Revan. Um, it has been a year since the Shadows of Revan um, when this Knights of the Fallen Empire will come out. And there's a lot of new information. I know we spent a lot of time in last week's episode talking about Knights of the Fallen Empire, but I mean, Trinic, I think you can agree with me. There's a lot of new information to talk about. Which is, I told you so, that's the reason why that came out. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the reason I said I told you so at the beginning, because... I, I believe that everything that's come out has only proved me more right. But the jury is still hung, hence the name of the episode, The Hung Jury. You know, we don't have a final verdict for anybody just yet. But obviously we had the San Diego Comic Con Cantina event, which was a major SOTOR event. They did a Q&A, a live Q&A, and also there's a lot of stuff on the dev tracker that has gone up since we last talked about Knights of the Falling Empire. In particular, because this is very close and near and dear to my heart, there is a long letter posted about operations and flashpoints. Um, Trinic, do you know what letter I'm talking about? Can you not, please? <laughs> it's a letter that blatantly states we're not going to have a new operation or flashpoint in Knights of the Fallen Empire. Oh I mean, let's it, let's it, put it this way too. After they released that one, they're like, eh, "Well, maybe we might do something. We have something in the works <laughs> well, now." Because enough it, people it, have probably complained about it. it. It came to, and that's the thing. That's why you know I've been so hard on Bioware. I I maintain our um our our guild's team our Twitter account, and if you follow us on Twitter, you've noticed that I've sent quite a few nasty tweets to Bioware about the fact that there's no new in-game progression content. Um, and the community needs to speak out about this. We need to tell Bioware that story alone will not keep an MMO alive. It won't. You have to have something for the players to go into after they complete the story to keep them involved in the game. And, you know, they have released notice that they are thinking about in-game content, but they haven't actually announced that they're going to add it anytime soon. That's the thing, though, is um, that, again, like I said last week, it could be possible that they're already working on stuff and they have been. It just hasn't been good enough for them to throw in yet. Because think of it this way. Like, they have to wrap up the Emperor storyline somehow. There has to be some I, sort of wrap-up. At, at this point with how close we're to October, I honestly, I can just see them leaving Zios dead in the water and just being like, oh, well, you're frozen in carbonite. So that happened while you're frozen in carbonite. Don't worry about it. Oh. You know, that's, that's what I kind of see them doing. I, I, this storyline on Zios is dead. I mean, there's nothing <laughs> happening to it. And we're already almost to August. The big content patch has been is gonna be released Tuesday. Nothing talking about story. So what that tells me is everything's gearing towards this Knights of the Fallen Empire, which tells me they're not concerned about wrapping up the Zyos storyline. What they're concerned about is getting this new content expansion out. But I do want to get back to this post about Operations and Flashpoints. There are a lot of changes coming to Operations and Flashpoints in the Knights of the Fallen Empire. 
for the first the first point I want to make more solo mode flashpoints and I think Z you know where I stand on solo mode flashpoints oh, I think I do <laughs> I hate them I hate them with an utter passion. They're making more and more flashpoints in this game, soloable, which takes group content out of the game and gives you incentive to actually play the game by yourself. That is a formula for death for an MMO. I won't mm -hmm. doubt by next year that we don't see um, soloable flat or operations beyond the flashpoints. Um, so it's one of those things where I do not like the step of the soloable flashpoints. Now, I do like some of the um, updates they're giving to the flashpoints. One in particular is something I think they should have done a long time ago at launch. And Tremor, if I'm actually going to send this to you, but it's in particular the fact that they're actually going to downgrade your character's level to be on level with the flashpoint you're entering. What do you think about that? Uh, you know, I... I have to agree with it because you know what's what's the fun? Mm -hmm. What's the fun going through a flashpoint yeah. when you're, you know, ten, twenty levels ahead of it? You know, yeah. there, there's no challenge in it. There's no, I mean, flashpoints, operations, they're there to challenge the the player. It's there for you to have a goal. I mean, that's what end game content's all about. That's what uh, mm -hmm. an MMO's content's all about. Well, and here's what they here's what they wrote. You know, as you continue to play and progress in in the game and pass the level range of those flashpoints you no longer play them as they become obsolete and that's true once you pass like you know i don't run into the essel story mode mm -hmm. i don't even do the essel's hard mode there's no reason for me to do it i get no reward from it but what they're saying is that if you um you you do this now and you let your level sync with the flashpoint you will get rewards based upon your character's actual level which um, is something that I think is going to be a new addition. This is something that Final Fantasy XIV has been doing for a long time. Um, you go yeah, through all content all the time in Final Fantasy XIV. Go ahead, Z. I'm actually really excited about this because um, I, you know, so long ago, back when the first Flashpoints playing on hard mode, you know, were hard and going into like Eternity Vault for the first time, mm. you know, my first operation. It was so fun, and Dustin and I have actually talked before, like, well, why don't they ever add, like, like a nightmare mode flashpoint or something? Mm -hmm. Like how they will add um, higher difficulties for the operations, so I'm excited not only to go back into the operations, but that they're kind of doing that with flashpoints as well. Now, here is um, something that I'm very excited about. When they announced the 65 hard modes, there's one flashpoint in particular that's on here that I can't wait to replay in a new hard difficulty, and that is Lost Island. <laughs> when I can't Lost, tell that sarcasm. Say that. When Lost Island first released, I was part of the first soaking group that actually cleared Lost Island, and we spent nights, I'm saying nights, five hours an evening, just grinding out the stinking flashpoint, and we finally got it. And it's, it was one of those things where Lost Island was, in my opinion, the peak of the mountain for Bioware when it came to flashpoints. It's such a good flashpoint, such a good story with the rat ghoul virus, and it, it, it was difficult. Like, that was the thing. It was actually it was. difficult. It still is difficult for some players, and it's one of those things I'm excited to see a new hard mode release for that flashpoint. Now, as far as ops are concerned, you know, and even with flashpoints, flashpoints are going to drop new decorations, new rewards, 
operations are also going to start, drop new decorations new rewards and they're all getting bumped to level 65 which i think is a good play on bioware's part now the thing i didn't like is the fact that they're bolstering it from 50 to 65 and in my opinion that's just a waste of time i don't want level 50 players in an operation with me i want level 65 players in an mm -hmm. operation with me regardless right. if it's story mode hard mode nightmare mode level your tune do the three hours of work it takes to get a few extra levels hit 65 and then do in-game progression um that's the whole point of in-game progression i mean i don't know what you guys feel about that but that's my opinion absolutely no, I, I agree I mean, it's just, it's, it, in my opinion, you know, why are you wasting your time running an operation at level 50 when you could just be leveling your character, get the 65, it doesn't take long. Um, right now, going from 55 to 60 doesn't take long, and most players, you can start a character at level 60. You know, what's the point of having the bolster start at level 50? It just doesn't make sense to me. Now, I do understand bolstering players for story mode that are level 65 and have no gear. I like that right. because that tells me is I can get into any pug group, go into these story modes, and get the job done. Um, because, you know, when I'm in a story mode, I don't want to sit there and wipe 10 times on one boss because there's two people in the group that don't know what they're doing. Um, that's just in story mode, in my opinion, that's just not the point. Um, story mode is to learn the flashpoints so you can progress to hard mode to where you hit that wall. And, you know, in hard right. mode, nightmare mode, I'm okay with wiping 100 times on one boss. You know, being on the progression team, you have to be okay with that. I mean, Z, we got stuck on our boss this last week, didn't we? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was, it was just, we were just making dumb mistakes. But the moment we finally started clicking, we got the team moving in the right direction again. We got the job done, right? Yep. Yeah. And, and that's progression. And so one of the things I am excited about this is that we're going to be able to progress through the, all these old ops again um, on these new difficulty levels. Um, I'm still, the jury's still out for me of whether these new difficulty levels are actually going to be difficult. Um, I'm hoping they're going to be. Um, I don't, one of the things that upsets me is I don't think they're going to be adding a nightmare mode for Ravengers and Temple of Sacrifice, which I think that's something they're going to need to do. Definitely. But um, the thing is, in this though, patch, is they're not going to be out. They're not going to do that until, you know, enough people actually defeated on hard mode to begin with. Well, and I, I agree with you, Trinic. I mean, the problem right now is there's very few guilds that have actually killed Revan in hard mode or in hard mode that there's no need for a nightmare mode patch. And, you know, I have to tell Bioware they did a great job with this content release for Ravengers and Temple of Sacrifice last year in 2014. I need to make sure that's clear. The last operation was released in 2014. Mm -hmm. um, but it was a good, there were good operations. They're fun to play. The boss mechanics are great. <coughs> and um, it's, 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 it's just fun content. Now, um, this brings me to my next issue. The last operation was released in 2014. Um, I don't know about you, but going more than a year without releasing any new in-game progression content is problematic for an MMO. And Bioware has made it clear that they're not coming out for new ops until 2016, even if right they do it in 2016. That's the thing, though, is that that's right off the bat. Again, with, with this new expansion going forward, I keep bringing it up. They're probably going the WoW route. They're probably going to create the Cataclysm 
that is going to change all of the story leading up to it. And right when the Cataclysm happened, the story leading up to it, there was very little endgame content because um, it was just story. And then finally, when they did a content patch, you know, 3.1, that was the first big thing that happened, you know? So, you know, at least whatever, four point, I think it was like 5.1, actually. I, I forget what it was for a while. But anyways, you get what 4.1. It was four points. Well, the, the, but once get, again, Trenek, the point I'm making is they have nothing planned right now. They have and, nothing and the, planned. And the reason I know this is because of the San Diego Comic Con Cantina Tour. They did a Q&A, and someone asked the question, any plans for new ops? A and pretty much this is what it comes down to. They want to have new ops, but at the same time, they want to ensure that they have a solid Operation Foundation. In my opinion, there's already a solid Operation Foundation. Um, and yeah, they're going to revamp the old ops, but this doesn't give them ex an excuse to just say, okay, we're not going to give any more in-game content. You know, that's, that's not an excuse for them. They need to be working on that in-game content now. They need to be working on those environments now, those stories now, and they haven't started. They've made it clear through interviews that they've had with different people during San Diego Comic-Con that they're not planning any new content for in-game progression. And that is problematic for an MMO. It, it just is. I mean, that, that's yeah. why I say that this is going to be a bust of an expansion. Now, here's some really cool things that we did learn um, about the new Knights of the Fallen Empire is what the expansion actually is going to contain. Um, it is definitely revisiting the storytelling. Yes. Um, and in reality, this is KOTOR 3. I mean, it is. It is the KOTOR 3 we never got. Um, it is all story, all about story, and there's nine chapters released with the original expansion. And Trinic, do you remember how long they said it takes to get through the nine chapters? Each one is an hour long, at least each, and there's 18 chapters mm -hmm. total planned. Yes, there's 18 chapters total planned, and they're going to be an hour long each. Now, here's the thing. I I'm not too keen on the length. I wish it was longer. I think, um, you know, because Zyost... In, in particular, it was released as like this new content expansion, this great immersive story. And look what it's gotten us. It was you three know, hours of content. It was three hours of content and it was done and it was over with. And it wasn't really even three hours. It took me an hour to finish Zyos. And I, I remember finishing Zyos and being like, that was it. Yeah, no, and I, like, I hit that too. And, and, and in my opinion, that's what's going to happen with this Knights of the Fallen Empire. We're going to get it. And your hardcore SOTOR players, I mean, let's be real, we're going to binge game it. You know, a lot mm -hmm. of us are going to sit down that Saturday and we're going to play through the entire story. And we're going to be like, that was it. And now oh, we yeah. got to wait a month to just get one more hour of content. Well, that's, and that's, that's That also comes into play, you know, like they do say that, you know, they're creating a new unique story from 1 to 60 as well. They said no matter what, if you start at 60 or if you start from level one you're gonna get a new story and that's what i'm kind of excited for you know they're maybe they're keeping everything the same or maybe they're actually bringing everyone back in you know all the original voice actors and stuff well, like that and they're remaking it, some of the things now here's the thing <clears throat> one to 60 is going to be the same they i haven't seen anything that's been announced that said they're going to change the one to 60 story i gotta send exactly. you this link i gotta send you this link Oh, hey, well, send me a link, and I, I will look at it during the podcast while we're recording. But the point is that I'm trying to get at is, and, you know, and I agree with you, I think some of the environments will change because they're actually, they actually announced at the San Diego Comic-Con tour that you will be revisiting old planets. 
Like, you will have to go back to Tatooine during Knights of the Fallen Empire, which tells me that they're going to have to change some of Tatooine or create a new area of Tatooine that's only accessible to people that are at that part of the story to go see. Which tells me that there's going to be some changes, some new environments on old planets. And please, Bioware, if any of you listen to this podcast, give us Dantooine. Make that planet in that trailer be Dantooine. We please. just want Dantooine. Just oh come on God. now. No. Um, okay, so I've, I've already, you know, you know, made my case for Dantooine. But, but once again, I think they are going to make some changes to the environment, which is exciting. You know, that was one of my 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 fears for this this content expansion there is going to be no changes but they're kind of making it clear that there is going to be those now here's the thing that i don't like let me go to something that i liked before but i don't like now because before they made it sound like they were going to have eight unique stories you know one for each class you know you're going to have a trooper story you're going to have a shat or a jedi or a sage story you're going to have a guardian story you know, for example, they've made it clear now that it is one story that yeah. your character plays a part of as the exile. And, and I'll be honest, I kind of feel lied to, you know, because Bioware made it clear at E3 that you were going to have eight unique stories to play through. And now they're back to the you have one unique story. And the only difference is what class you are, which once again gets me back to the nine hours of content. When I get done with my um, my Jedi Counselor, what's going to get me to go back and play it as a Guardian? What's going to get me to go back and play it as a Trooper if it's the exact same story? Yeah. Right. And that's kind of what we had with Shadow of Revan, you know? It, exactly. And, and, like, it literally was just one big story with a little bit of class thrown in, you know? Like, uh, yeah. you know, like... the. I'm sorry for the spoilers, but the counselor's storyline, all you do is just go and craft a holocron. You're done. Now, I will admit, the crafting of a holocron was fun. Like, that was, like, something I really enjoyed doing. Um, I thought it was really cool. I think it's something that they should use where you continue, you know, putting in your knowledge into that holocron and so forth, so forth for each class that you continue to expand upon that story. And... I believe that there will be those subtle missions during this that that is very class specific but at the same time i don't think we're gonna get you know the same awesome class stories that we got at launch um it really just seems like they've abandoned that track altogether which is very upsetting definitely um but once again, you know, there are, you know, beyond that, the idea of revisiting old planets in the Knights of the Fallen Empire tells me that they're going to have to change some of the RP environments, which makes me excited. Um, but at the same time, the lack of in-game content, the the lack of unique class stories just still gets me on the line of bust. Now, there's more going on with this expansion um, than just those few things, though. Um, companions are going to be playing a huge role in Knights of the Fallen Empire. And Z, have you heard anything about the companions yet? You know, I've heard a little bit, but I think you'll have to remind me. Oh, right, that's no problem. They're going to be new companions in the Knights of the Fallen Empire. And supposedly, they made it clear at the Cantina Tour event during a private interview with Lady Insanity, a famed YouTuber for a SOTOR, that you can actually kill off a companion 
Trinic, okay, I think it was. That's what I had heard. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, Trinic, I think a few weeks ago during one of our podcasts, you mentioned that you wanted to be able to do this. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, what do you? I, I'm I'm going to you because you're the companion guy here. I know that you're more passionate about companions, like I'm more passionate about operations. I, What's your thoughts on what I, they're doing, companions? I want to kill off Lord Scourge. I don't care what anyone yep. says. I'm going to kill <laughs> Lord Scourge, one way or another. Oh yeah. You 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 you're you're the one that is just you, you are the poster boy for making sure that people know that Jedi purebloods cannot be or I'm sorry, Sith purebloods cannot be Jedi. What do you think about the potential ability to be able to kill Lord Scourge? Uh I, I would just like to point out that uh, <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> I would just like to point out that I am very 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 uh, I don't like two special snowflakey stories. Um, but I am going to be going through the entire Jedi Knight story just so I can relish in that point where I get to watch it because it just makes absolutely no sense and I'm going to be so excited uh, that we're able to kill off companions. I am. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I think there will only be certain companions that you will be able to kill off, but I do see Bioware bringing in a sense of like what they've done with Mass Effect and Dragon Age which is super exciting this this idea that you actually build a relationship with your companion you just don't hand them gifts and that surprisingly raises their affection for you mm -hmm. um their stories are going to matter in the expansion what you do in the expansion through the story the side missions you do are actually going to affect it which once again i do want to say that there are actual side missions in this that actually matter to the overall plot of the main mission so once again, we're getting KOTOR 3. You know, we're getting that the game that everybody wanted and never got, which is really cool that they're doing that. But once again, I'm just not excited that they're doing it in the MMO setting. I, I really think they're stripping the MMO out to give us a game. And whenever you're done with the game, you're going to shelf it like you do any other game. You know, mm. Soken will still be here. We'll still be RPing. Oh, yeah. But what about the rest of the community? That's what I'm worried about. Now, back to companions, though. Um... This is the, the, the bullet point that I really love that Dolphy put on their site. Um, companion love interest you are involved with um, now know if you romance another character yes. and there may be potential for permanent breakups. <laughs> yes. You know, one of the things that's just super annoyed me about the game. Okay, one, one of the things is by the time they release Shadows of Revan, every character you meet in game, it gives you the stinking flirt option. Why is that? <laughs> I mean, you know, some people want to do that, you know, homosexual. Some people want to play their character as a whore. No, no, no. Some I people. <laughs> well, you know what? Like no other character like really had, you know, that that, you know, that option for same sex romance and like like. Shadow of Reverend really introduced that, especially with Theron. Like, that's what I noticed is that there was always an option to flirt with Theron. And I was just like, <laughs> alrighty, I, I I don't really need to see my Jedi doing that. I'm just Well, the thing is, you there. don't need to see your Jedi doing any kind of romance, period, because of the idea of attachment. Right. And here's the thing mm -hmm. that bothers me about the Jedi romance options is they're not dark side. No, they're not. You know, they're no. light side. And really... Really, be honest. What I noticed as I went to Shadows of Revan, the dark side, light side options slowly just started disappearing. Right. Um. Even in McKeb, you start seeing them slowly just disappearing. Where dark side, light side, by that point in the game, doesn't really matter. Now, here's something I did not like about the prefab characters. Um. So if you are a Jedi and you roll a level sixty Jedi, it's going to assume 
that you would have picked primary light side options. Same thing with the Sith. If you roll mm. level 60 Sith, it's going to presume that you picked a majority of dark side options, which granted, yes, but once again, it takes a, if you roll that random level 60, like you make the level 60 instead of playing the early content, you have no power over how that story shapes to you becoming the veteran of the Galactic War, the Outlander. Which I, I really wish they would have included something where you would have gotten like a list of kind like of, ten choices. Kind of like what they did with uh, the new chapters of uh, uh, what's that game? Uh, shoot. Well, Dragon Age. Well, yeah, yeah Dragon, Dragon Age Inquisition. Dragon Age did that. Um, uh, that zombie game. I forget what it was called already. Walking Dead. Walking Dead game did mm. that as well. You know, they had a yeah. list of questions of what you would have done in these situations and show you small little clips. And and that. that sets the tone for that game. Right. And so it's one of those things, if if really the background of what you did, level 1 through 60, really mattered, I think they would have actually included a, that option. So really, to be honest, I don't think SOTOR 1, you know, Knights of the Fallen Empire is being treated like SOTOR 2. Um the the first edition of Sotor is it doesn't matter compare you know to the story uh, of what happens in Knights of the Fallen Empire which is kind of upsetting yeah. um at the same time though like you know if they do go back and revisit all of it then that is you know a, a huge change in itself but again this is probably why we haven't been seeing much content updates because really they've only been upgrading you know this mm -hmm. expanded this really they're only giving us a dlc they're not even giving us really an expansion mm -hmm. it's a dlc for story uh yeah. so you know if they were going back and redoing all the old stuff to fit the new stuff then yeah i could call it an expansion but still it is only a dlc to me right now yeah yeah, and, 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 you know, it's one of those things where I do want to say something like when we were arguing earlier this week, you said, well, it's free. How can you argue something if it's free? It's not free. You have to be a subscriber. Yeah. But I do like that. I, I will say that's one of the things I like that Bioware is doing is, is they're giving more benefit to their subscribers, which they should be doing. But that Because we're the comes... ones that are supporting and paying for this game. That also, yeah. like, when you think about it as well, that means that they may not be going the route with the cataclysm because if you're not subscribed you won't be able to see that new stuff and so then they should just go back to pay to play only you know that this is starting to encourage the idea that pay to play is the way to go like mm -hmm. this is encouraging that and not only that like at least 80 percent of soaking members if not more are pay to play users uh, mm -hmm. Just simply because of the capabilities that you get on being pay-to-play compared to free-to-play. Well, um, even when people join the Knights of Soken as a free-to-play, they're normally they're normally subscribed sooner or later because they want to have the game unlocked. Because the game is really restrictive as free-to-play. I mean, oh, yeah. once you go pay-to-play, you can never go back. No, I'm I mean, with that. Just, like every single time, yeah. like. <laughs> If for some reason there was something wrong with my payment and then I log in, it says, you're a preferred player. And I'm like, uh, log oh, out. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately make payment. Um, okay, so one more thing on the Knights of the Fallen Empire that I want to mention before we move on tonight. And we do need to move on because I know we're cutting into time that we're, we're supposed to be giving to Zeray tonight. Um, <laughs> I want to mention the fact that they keep talking about GSF and asking for help with GSF. But they're not doing anything to it. 
Knights of the Fallen Empire, they made it even clear that they have intentions, but there's nothing that um, they're really planning. They, they, they made this quote, um, it depends on what the game needs. And quite frankly, if they don't want GSF to survive, they should just do nothing to it. You know, but if they actually want GSF to become, you know, viable again, to have the cue pops throughout the entire day, to get people involved and interested in it again, they need to add things to it. And I'm not talking about new ships. I'm talking about new maps. I'm talking about different play modes. Something that's going to actually bring players to I'm it. I'm saying and here they should just rewrite the mechanics to it altogether. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to reference another game, but like... Uh, if you play something that's similar, it's called uh, um, Star Conflict. It is pretty much the same style of gameplay, but it is on much bigger scale and it is so much prettier. Imagine if you could do like the space missions that we have we had from launch you know the ones that were on rails imagine that but with GSF like that's now, that's now, something now, now that would be cool I'm gonna drop this bomb right now and you're gonna be like oh my gosh I wish we had this space PVE off the rail oh yeah oh my gosh like, oh yeah if Definitely. they could find a way of adding a PVE mode to Galactic Starfighter where you're like assaulting like an Imperial fleet with Four of your best buds. Tobit, How cool would that be? Tobit, I, you need to play Star Conflict, my friend, because that's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> but, you know, but that's what I'm trying to get at. You know, how cool would that be? Oh, it'd be it fantastic. It would be amazing. It would be fantastic. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, like, when you think about it this way, the only way they could do that is if they were to completely revamp how that game, how that section yeah. of the game works. Because right now, the controls are restrictive, they're clunky, you know, the system is really flawed right now. And, you know, without completely revamping it, there's not much they can do to it. Sure, they can add new maps and stuff like that, but in all reality, it's a broken system right now. It is just absolutely broken, and that's my issue with it. I think you say it's a broken system because you're not good at it. I'm not sure. You told me, you saw me earlier today, man. We were playing today. I was doing pretty damn good. Okay. Yeah, you know, you're 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 a good wingman. I will say that you're a good wingman. I love having you on my side because I know that you will attack the targets that I'm attacking as well as I will attack the targets <laughs> you're attacking. And we're good at getting bogeys off each other's backs. Hell yeah. We got it. Hell yeah. Hey, Trenik, I want you to know something. I'll always be your goose. Oh, that's okay. You're always here. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Okay, well, let's let's get off Knights of the Fallen Empire now. And let's move on to talk about progression in the guild. Um, a lot of questions come to the council and the masters in this guild um, about how do I progress my character. So I thought it would be good for us to spend some time, since this is a guild podcast, to talk about the guild a little bit and, and how the rank structure works in the guild and how you progress through those ranks. And we have a fresh master in here to actually teach us how. Zeray, you ready to do that? Of course. Well, Z, at, at, you know, not to put you on the spot here, but I really, you know, since you are the one that's gone through these ranks most recently, mm -hmm. I want you to kind of retell the steps that you went through, through joining our guild, doing the clan classes, and so on and so on. Please, please, please leave out all the stuff involving me torturing you incessantly. <laughs> but that was half the fun. Uh, <laughs> well... Well, obviously, Z, what rank do people start at? 
Um, first, upon joining the guild, I of course, and this will be um, similar with anyone else who's interested in joining, um, you'll be a force sensitive. Um, what this means is, um, you know, I was accepted into the guild, but then I still had to do an application on um, the website, on um, the engine website, and get that approved. Once that was approved, um, then I was able to be upgraded to initiate, and definitely um, that's when I started getting more into the RP. Um, because I knew my application was approved and I kind of had the right idea. We have our clan class videos um, that now are um, definitely required for you to watch and um, just talk to someone before you get um, promoted up to the initiate rank to well, make sure I think that you're on the same page with the guild. And one of the things I want to say about that, we require them because they are helpful. Um, oh, definitely. It doesn't matter how long you've RP'd a Jedi. Those clan classes were were are very informative to really get you the idea of what it means to be a Soken Jedi. Which you know we RP Jedi um, from a lore standard, and that those clan classes help get that lore standard that we expect in our Jedi RP to make sure that there's no unnecessary conflict. Mm -hmm. um it, it's a way for us to really set the tone of this is how jedi you know were trained this is what jedi were taught and this is what jedi do and um anyone that watches the clan classes we just get nothing but positive feedback from them anyways yeah. i mean they're, they're great yeah. videos yeah. um the best part I about them is that they were structured in a way to teach you all of the things that initi an initiate would typically learn um, during their trials at the academy uh, before becoming exactly. a Padawan. And that's why it helps because then you can say, oh, I learned this back at the academy kind of thing. Well, and once you become an initiate, you know, you, as you said, Z, the, the guild kind of opens up to you. You know, there, there's a lot of RP to be, to be a part of. Even when you're Force-sensitive, you can take part uh, of some of the RP. Um, but once you're an initiate, you know, you're at that point where... Your character is almost ready to become a Padawan. I know right now the standard is you have to be in the guild for at least a week. You have to have a, an approved app. You have to fill. You have to watch the clan classes, and then you're eligible to be a Padawan. Um, and can you explain how we do the Padawan pairing right now, Z? Um, of course, the Padawan pairings um, they can happen a couple of different ways. Actually, as an initiate, you're always encouraged to attend events. Um, and interact with people, you know, if you see um, a master or a knight that you really like and you think that their character matches well with yours, you're always encouraged to go go start an RP with them. Um, we also do pairings during our weekly guild meeting. Yeah, we, we do pairings at the weekly guild meeting every week and um, boys, it's just an exciting time to have that. I mean, there is the 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 pomp and circumstance to it you know it's very ceremonial it's a very special time for that master and that initiate to become a padawan um and even the private ones are very very special moments you know and sometimes you'll impress a master and they'll say you're gonna be my, they'll say you're gonna be my padawan you know i remember when i yeah. came into the guild that's what happened to me you know i was i was picked up by zenlid um after i had been in the guild for for a week and it was just one of those things where 
you know, sometimes you'll get noticed like that. And then and for the people that have trouble being on at those times with that, that particular master to pick them up, what will happen is they can go to the ceremony and get paired. And um, that's just a really good step that we have to make sure that you don't get stagnant in one rank, that you're going to continually progress your character. Um, I mean, I think you all would agree. Padawan is a given. You're going to enter a Padawan master relationship um, soon if you join the Knights of Soken and do what you're supposed to do. Oh, definitely. Definitely. That's the thing, though, is that my Padawan ship is still stuff that I look back to, you know. Even as a master, I've been in this guild for almost a year now, and it is still those things that I look back on and be like, you know, I miss those days when Tobit was seeing us lost <laughs> on Terrace. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And oh, even, as a, too, even as a knight or a master, you look back on the trainings with your different Padawans, and you, you build those bonds. Yeah. And, it, and to be honest, you know, I always tell people this, the bread and butter of our roleplay is the Padawan master system. I mean, really you build so many great relationships through it. And also beyond that, I mean, it's just a great RP experience. I mean, wouldn't you agree, Trimrath? You're you're really an RP guy. So, I mean, you would say it's a pretty unique experience. Oh, my, yeah, no, it was it's one of the greatest experiences ever. Um, there's nothing like it. Uh, you, you know, you kind of look back at when, when you get up there and, you know, you reach your, your ranks, uh, you get to like knight or you get to master, you look back on it and you kind of you kind of realize that you're taking uh, you take mannerisms that you you use uh, in your RP from your master, and it's just amazing to see that you've been in, so influenced in uh, such a short time, and all that RP really builds and it stays with you. It's going to stick with you forever. And that's the yeah. coolest part is that every single Jedi Knight or Master or whatever, they have their own mannerisms. They have their specific ways they RP that kind of rubs off on you. They RP in certain ways that you're going to remember and and carry on in such weird ways like i just learned the other day that like you know i see my legacy showing up in the little spot that i would take my padawans to and like these are like this is like three generations down the road i'm my like grand padawans. yeah my exactly grand padawans. It's three generations down the road i'm like Okay, first off, I didn't know you were going to be here. Second off, it's awesome that you're here doing what mm -hmm. I did, you know, three months ago with someone else, you know. So, like, it was really, like, a heartfelt moment for me. And I was just, like, on the inside, I was kind of crying in such a happy way. It was just, it was great. Oh, yeah. Well, and, you know, obviously that, that relationship is very special. And without getting into spoilers, Z, can you tell us something about your Padawan ship that led you to becoming a knight? <laughs> Sorry. I'm so sorry. Wait, I'm confused. Oh, Are just... you talking about my trials? Well, yeah, why don't, why don't, you, why don't you talk about the trials? Because every Padawan, when they're ready, they actually go through trials. Can you talk yeah. about one of your trials? Because I don't want to give too many spoilers into those events because they are special events that they are it's just a unique experience for every padawan and it's different for every padawan but they kind of follow a similar structure so if you could tell us something about your trials that'd be great yeah um and that's the best thing about it um to me is that the trials i think during my padawan ship were the best part because you can really um just customize it Trinic masterfully customized um, my trial of spirit to where I thought that I was um, 
that everything that was happening in the RP was actually happening, but it turned out at the end to be a vision. And um, it was really great. I had to um, confront, um, of course, my good friend and in real life husband, Dustel, and, you know, conquer my own character's um, feelings, um, attachments, things that my character definitely hadn't quite conquered and the feeling at the end of that when I successfully finally successfully did it and passed the trial um it was great and it's something I'll always remember well, I mean like okay I think your exact words were I hate you um, <laughs> did I say that? yeah you did say that at the end of that you're like I hate you so much right now Well, you know, obviously, you you definitely deserve the rank of nine as you deserve the rank of master. You've passed your trials with flying colors, Z. Now, when you became a knight, you took on a special a, a specialty, um, just like Jedi in the Order actually did. You took on, in a sense, a job, a career in the Order. What was the the path you chose? I joined as a knight, um, the Wardens. Yes, you did. And what did that lead you to? Um, uh, through the Wardens, I was able to, once I got going with them, I kind of took over the Council High Guard, uh, before it was a Temple Guard, but mm. um, we expanded and I started um, heading that with Trenic's help, of course, um, but I, I definitely started to make it my own. It was something that I was glad that I could find like the perfect little spot for my character once I made Knight. You know, something mm -hmm. that I could do, something I could get involved in. And so you, you even beyond training a Padawan, because obviously you took on your first Padawan then because you were mm -hmm. a knight and it was time for you to pass the knowledge that you had received on. But you also had your niche in the RP community and um, it, it, it's a very specific niche, which makes, you know, your character special. I mean, it does. I mean, your character is a part of the great community of Soken. And you play a divided role in that community, and as every knight and master in our community does. Yeah, and I think the other great thing is that, um, you know, at first when I became a knight, I was like, well, what do I do now? But with the specializations, there's always, you know, opportunities for you to RP, opportunities for you to take initiative. Um, so it's really great. Right, and speaking of specializations, I think, uh, Trem, you're starting up a new thing here, aren't you? <laughs> yes, the um, uh, the Jedi Sentinels are coming back. Uh, originally, in you know a couple of years back, the Jedi Sentinels were uh, a part of SOCOM. Um, you know, uh, we lost uh, we lost a lot of RP for that, um, and we're bringing it back. And I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to it because, like Zeray said, and like it's been stated, um, if you want to expand in this guild and you want a you know personal character um, progression. Uh, specialization is perfect and I'm looking forward to I, I have a load of great people who I'm working with right now to make this uh, make this specialization excellent and I'm looking forward to RPing with anyone interested in it just so we can help out and you know give that give that back our um, amazing RP that has been given to us back to the community mm -hmm. right, that, right that's excellent Trimurth. it's excellent we're gonna have to bring you on the podcast sometime soon and actually do an actual interview about your specialization to learn more about it Right. I'd love to. Absolutely. We'd um, love to now, have you. Uh, sorry. So obviously, 
on on one last note uh i'll talk about it at the end go ahead what i was gonna say is um so obviously you you found your niche in the guild as a knight how does someone go from knight to master in the knights of soken uh, becoming a knight to master. Um, I definitely, you know, had help along the way. I'd like to give a big shout out to the exemplars. Um, the exemplars helped me, you know, figure out what is it that I need to do next. Um, and take more initiative, you know, teaching classes, helping out where needed, you know, helping doing commanders, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, as a knight, there things like that, putting yourself out there, um, really, um, you're proving how you can RP, um, that you can, um, be a part of the guild and how invested you are in the guild. Um, and then when you feel like you're ready, we do have a master application now. Yes. And is the master application a joke? It is not. <laughs> no, it is not. It's I funny. sat there for a while filling it out, you know. I, I, I talk to people who fill this out, and I, I, I haven't had a chance to talk to you or Dust yet about it, but the typical response we get is, I didn't expect this question. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, there's questions about your character, questions about your involvement in Soken. There's questions about, you know, your intentions, you know, where mm-hmm. you plan on going as a master what do you plan on doing as a master because you know being a master in our guild once again isn't you know just a gimme rank it is a it is a very prestigious rank um you're an officer now in our guild you know you are the backbone of our guild now and uh you know it's it's definitely a great honor and i'm glad to see you among our ranks um you know as as a fellow master myself um, even though I sit on the council, um, <laughs> we we are the officers of this guild, and you know you're a big part of helping provide RP for the community. Um, but it's like you know it's one of those things where we do have that master's application to once again it's in a sense it's a way of letting our knights know that this is a serious step um, that I'm about ready to take. You know, and once again, you know, you know we talked last week about how Soken is a big family. And, and, and we are and when you become a master you're you're kind of the head you're part of the head of that family you know you are a direct extension of the council which is a direct extension of Leosu, our grand master um so that's a pretty big deal and it's pretty cool i i really hope you're enjoying your time as a master so far oh definitely it's only been what one or two days but one or two days but you know it's it's one of those things where <laughs> i know that it had to be weird because i know that your padawan made master before you because you were kind of waiting to do the application with us and um i know it had to be kind of weird um bowing to him as master ools <laughs> oh yeah no i made a pa- i made a point um to start bowing towards yes. him all the yeah. time and uh he had mixed reactions, so it was it was funny. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely time. That's all I gotta say. Now, what I do want to do on an ending note, um, you know, Z, I just want to once again thank you for all the RP you bring to the game. Thank you for talking to us about progression through the guild. Here's the thing: there are other people like Z. Trimroth is a person like Z. Um, Trinic is a person like Z that started as a force sensitive and worked their ways through the rank. Um, 
it you 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 make it to master you can do it you gotta stick to it though you gotta be a part of the community and that that is a challenge to all the pad ones out there that want to be where they're sitting today it, it it takes time but you can do it i mean wouldn't you guys agree oh yeah definitely all too progression well. in the guild happens your character progresses and it's a wonderful thing for and everyone it's fun. it's fun along the way yeah you know I, I enjoyed every step you know, some people would mm. um, look at some of the things that Master's do and it's like, wow, they do a lot of work. But it, in reality, it doesn't feel like work because we're doing what we love. Oh, you definitely. know, we're yeah. role-playing characters, we're building a great story, and we're doing it with people we love. Exactly. Definitely. You mean, uh, I work with the Exemplars a lot, like Roz, mm. all, all of them, you know, and I, I will legit, legitimately say that Roz and I will spend hours in TeamSpeak just bouncing ideas off of each other, and it'll feel like like minutes have gone by because we just love doing it. That's that's what mm -hmm. we do, and you're gonna find your place in in the guild so easily because we offer so many different things, and you're gonna find your family here, and it's amazing. Right, that is definitely the truth. Trinic, do you have a final comment on this before we, we conclude this episode? Yeah, I just wanted to come back to specializations because a few of them are starting up, um, just like Trems is starting up. Um, we have, officially, we have uh, six in the guild that are uh, going to be fully active. Uh, we have the Wardens, led by myself, the Sentinels by uh, Tremrith, the Lore Keepers by Uls, the Guardians by Roz, the high guard now with our new master uh, Zare and and Dus, and then uh, we also have the uh, the shadow squadron, which is going to be coming up with Lay and with the help of uh, 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 a friend of his. So um, we don't talk about shadows. <laughs> well, they're not the <laughs> shadows; they're just the shadow squadron, you know. Yeah. So, uh, so, anyways, uh, so we got so they're pretty much the Jedi aces. But anyways. One new thing that's coming up that everyone needs to be notified of, especially to the listeners of our podcast, is that your decisions are going to be coming uh, more important. Uh, so this is one of those steps. Now it's been made into effect that uh, once you choose a specialization, that's the one you're supposed to be a part of, uh, you know you can uh no longer can you be like a warden and the guardian at the same time mainly for scheduling issues you know um we have mm -hmm. so many events on the calendar now that it's hard to be a part of multiple specializations so now it's being set to where you will be a part of one there will be multiple events going on for you and it wouldn't cause issues although at any time you can transfer should you like one more than the other um, well, and, and, and that's mm -hmm. the thing, like, we want you to make your character your character. Exactly. And in reality, a Jedi and lore would, would be on a single track. Exactly. They wouldn't hold three or four different jobs. Right. Exactly. So, really exciting stuff. And I think that is all the time we have for tonight. Oh, I want to thank everyone. We are way past our time. <laughs> well, it's been a busy episode. <laughs> it's been a busy news week for SOTOR. We will see you next week in episode 10 of the Knights of Soken podcast. Thank you for all of our listeners for continuing to support us and continuing to give us your feedback. Once again, please leave a comment on the episode, especially on the iTunes. Get us on that front page of the gaming podcast for iTunes. Let's do this, Soken. Let's do it. You all have a wonderful and blessed week, and we'll see you next time. And as always, stay classy. <laughs>